0: Good afternoon, my friends, and thank you for joining the Overland Philosopher. It is a good day. It's a good restful day. Uh, the wife just left to go for a uh, funeral. She had to attend of a co-worker's husband and kind of got the place all to myself, just me and Bruiser, and he's over there taking a nap, kickback, back, just sawing some logs. And I thought, what a perfect time to reminisce about our enchanted Rockies Trail, Day 2. I appreciate you joining me. I hope you get something out of it. Please go to The Overland Philosopher on Facebook and Instagram. Drop me a note. Tell me what you think. Give me some feedback. And we'll go from there. But let me tell you, after a wonderful night at the McClellan National Grassland, we got up that morning. We were well rested. I especially was well rested after, gosh, in the last 24 hours, I had driven probably 1,700 miles from West Virginia to central arkansas from central arkansas almost to amarillo texas maybe even more than that i don't know it's just guessing just to, coming off the top of my head but we settled down that night nice breeze cool temperatures unbelievable for texas in june and so i just cuddled up with my pillow and my sleeping bag up in the eye camper opened up the windows and I slept like a baby. And the next morning, get up, fix coffee, walking around camp, just ta- taking a look around because we arrived there in the evening when it was dark. We didn't know where we were, what was around. So got to looking at some of the signs, saw that there was ATV trails, mountain biking trails. I decided to walk up. The trails and take a look and you could see for a long ways through this national grassland. I could see McClellan Lake, McClellan Creek, all the flowers that they had planted, uh, the grass that they were getting to revitalize the soil, and came down and told Michael and Lee, y'all got to go up there. It's beautiful. They were down cooking some breakfast. So we kind of took turns, I cooked me some breakfast, pulled out the Coleman two top with my iron skillets and cooked some breakfast while they went and looked around. And it was kind of a very relaxing morning. The temperatures were perfect, nice and cool, probably in the 60s. Sun was out, wind was blowing. It gave us just a wonderful experience that morning to our second morning of the trip. Now the other part of the group were leaving Oklahoma City around 8 o'clock, so we knew that we had up until about 11.30 or noon before we would meet them at the Big Texan Steakhouse there in Amarillo. Now I've driven past the Big Texan Steakhouse several times, but have never been there. Never got to experience what it was like to see somebody take the challenge the seventy two ounce steak challenge where you have to eat all of the steak, all the fat all of the sides within one hour seventy two ounces of steak sides in an hour. I don't know if you've ever seen a seventy two ounce steak most of what I always eat is between 14 and 18 ounces multiply that times 4 no way no possible way so I was looking forward to going to the big Texan and getting this experience now when I travel I'm not really keen on eating out I like to um Cook my food, take my food, cook my food because I'm not not big on the expense, but I really wanted to have this experience because it wasn't just a regular place, it was you know kind of a tourist attraction type of deal, and so um, after breakfast, we kind of packed everything up, didn't take us very long uh Lee's opus trailer packs up real quick and my camper packs up in a few minutes so um, it wasn't long before we were back on the road now before we got to the interstate we saw in the daylight where we had come in in the dark we went up a little hill and back over to our right was mcclellan lake beautiful beautiful lake i'm really shocked that we didn't stop and take pictures there looked like there were a couple places where you could pull off and drive maybe up to a cliff or something that overlooks the lake maybe have to check that out next time i go but i really wish we had stopped and taken some pictures it was very picturesque kind of an oasis out in the middle of nowhere texas it was a beautiful spot But we just kept going, got on interstate, headed west, and headed towards Amarillo. We had about 60 60 or 70 miles, I think. We didn't have very far, maybe an hour. So we just took our time, uh, went ahead and uh, fueled up, and arrived at the Big Texan about 11.30. We got there a little bit before, well, we may have gotten there about 11.00. Nobody else was there except us, so we pulled off to the side. Lots of parking there. Pulled off to the side, sat in the shade, and just kind of chit-chatted. Um, looking at all the, the different things around there, there's a really neat uh, place next to it that's kind of Old West type. They have the big giant cow that's out in front. And we took some pictures with it, took a few pictures and around the different things, and got our name on the list, because there was a bunch of us, 19 of us. And with the COVID there, they could only seat like half of us together, and then the other half ate at another table. So a few minutes, everybody started arriving. It was a uh, plethora of rigs that were on this trip. Now, I was invited. I wasn't included in the planning of this trip. All these guys knew each other. They traveled with each other. And so I was the odd man out. I didn't know anybody there except I knew I had just met Lee, just met Michael. And so uh, it was going to be a very different time for me. I was just going to not be involved in any decision making. I was just going to sit back and enjoy my time. Uh, I knew where we were going, I knew the route. So if I got behind, I would just catch up later. And that was kind of my attitude of the whole trip. And and when you travel with people, you kind of have to put your ways of traveling aside and kind of go with how the group goes, go with how the majority wants to go. And so that was kind of my whole idea the whole way. I was just playing along this was a free trip um, other than gas it wasn't costing me anything uh, it was uh, a week that I had off work anyway and so it was gonna be a very enjoyable time and I was gonna make it that way no matter what happened but the rigs start pouring in and on this trip we had two Ford Raptors uh, one was the V8 model one was the V6 turbo model one was pulling a trailer one was not We had several Toyota Tacoma's, my FJ Cruiser, several Jeeps, including, uh, Michael's Jeep Liberty. And I mentioned that because, uh, Liberty is not, when you say there were four or five Jeeps, that never crosses your mind as an overlanding vehicle. It was a, it was an odd thing to see as part of the off-road world, um, when you travel while overlanding. And Michael had this when he started overlanding. And it kind of got him into it. He named it Rumble. Um, he had outfitted it and and built it up and, and loved it. It was his rig. Everybody knows him as the Liberty guy. So had four or five Jeeps, including the Liberty. We had a Dodge three-quarter ton that was pulling a trailer. We had... Uh, decked out Toyota Sequoia, which I had never traveled with a Toyota Sequoia. Those are not seen a lot in Arkansas because the trails are so tight. And so this was going to be a new experience. We had three trailers. One was a homemade trailer that the guy just picked up a week or two earlier, pulled with a Jeep. We had Lee's Opus trailer. And then we had... The trailer that was pulled with the Dodge three-quarter ton that was built out of MEO Outfitters out of Oklahoma. So we had 11 rigs in all. Lots of kids. Uh, Lots of the guys brought their kids. Uh, I'm going to say we probably had about seven, eight kids. Um, No wives, which I really thought was odd. I don't know if this was planned or not. Of course my wife had to work cuz she and she couldn't go but I didn't know this beforehand if she would have went that would have been really weird for her but nobody brought their wives um interesting that's never happened before on a group traveling with this size that I had traveled before so it was that was kind of that was kind of different 19 total bodies is I believe what we had so we had quite a bit of Quite a bit, large group, 11 rigs, 19 bodies. Our plan was to head to the beginning of the trail in Carlsbad and spend the night and hit the trail in the morning. So we were meeting here at the steakhouse, going to have lunch and then take off toward Carlsbad and then spend the night there, hit the Enchanted Rockies Trail first thing in the morning. So everybody finally gets there. We get in. They seat us at two different tables. Really good spot because we were right beside where the guys were up on stage taking the challenge. Now, when you take the challenge, if you don't finish it, you just have to pay for everything. So it wasn't just, you know, it costs you a million dollars or whatever if you don't finish it. No, you just pay for the food. If you don't finish it, if you do, you get all the food and stuff for free. So there were two guys up on stage that were doing the challenge. We got to watch them. Hearing, hearing just a minute, one of the guys quit, he had half of his food left. And somebody said that they had seen him in the bathroom just up chucking everything. And so it was, uh, it was pretty interesting to watch the guys take the challenge. We ordered our food, nobody took the challenge, but watch the guys who did Went around in the gift shop, played around a little bit there. But around 1 o'clock or so, everybody was like, we're going to go get some fuel. We'll meet you up down the road. We'll head out. So probably about 1 o'clock, one thirty, we headed south. Um, earlier in the week, uh, they started a group chat. And I had commented on there, if anybody had seen the weather in Carlsbad, it was supposed to be 104 during the day. 88 plus after the sun went down throughout the night. I don't know how comfortable you sleep in 90 degree weather. Myself, not very well. Uh, Sleeping a pool of sweat, it's just going to be a pretty restless night for me. So I really wasn't looking forward to that. Lee had said that we could get a spot. He could turn on the generator. We could turn on the air conditioner. So I was really hoping that would work out. Well, we take off, and we're headed uh, south out of Amarillo towards Lubbock. And, I mean, we're just hammered down. Um, guys were doing 85-plus. My poor little FJ, man, it was it was just having a horrible time trying to keep up. So I got at the back. I got a few times where I could just barely see the next car in front of me. We get to a little town where they'd slow down, I'd catch up. We'd get to the other side, they'd take off. I would struggle to keep up, be at the back a few times. I would have to wait till they slow down before I could catch up uh throughout the trip, a couple of the jeeps, one particular was uh his i believe it was his rear axle temperature was really getting up there. He was really loaded down. Had a lot of gear, three kids, plus the driver, rooftop tent, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And his axle temperatures were getting way up there, so we slowed down to let it cool off, stabilize the temperature a little bit. And I really liked that because we were able to slow down a little bit. And that helped out. Well, we were communicating on the GMRS radios, which is the best way. It was kind of neat because I had talked to, I've got a 40 watt Midland, which I love. Um, it is good and bad. Good that you can talk to your friends for long uh, long distances, but it's bad that you can hear other people for long distances. even had some ham guys that were way out in New Mexico somewhere that hollered at us uh, hundreds of miles away visited with them for a minute but that was kind of a neat experience but they also talk a lot so i was ready for them to go away but i had to listen to them for a while but anyway communicating on the gmrs the further south we went the hotter it got Uh, i was getting about 15 miles per gallon in the fj we had to stop pretty often for fuel some of the jeeps um and other rigs that were loaded down real heavy especially the ones pulling trailers weren't getting good uh, fuel mileage so we had to stop pretty often for fuel on the way they start talking what do you think about changing the route going to the mountains instead of the beginning of the enchanted Rockies trail it's going to be too hot everybody's going to be miserable Nobody's going to have a good time. It's just desert down there anyway. So why don't we go to higher elevations in the mountains? Now, I was thinking, I mentioned this last week and nobody said anything. And now it's become a reality. And now you want to go somewhere different. But that was okay. You know, I was just long for the ride. Just going where everybody else was going. And going to a cooler spot, I was fine with didn't make any difference to me so after we got down through lubbock beautiful scenery in lubbock no not really uh uh, further south we went the hotter it got it got up to uh, about 105 winds were blowing 30 40 miles an hour and it always seems when when you head out west the wind's always blowing in your face it never blows From behind so you can get good fuel mileage always blows in your face. So your fuel mileage drops from 17 to nine Miles a gallon. That's what it seemed like. So we get down through Lubbock Fuel up everybody talks. What do you think about changing plans? Everybody's like whatever it don't matter. So we start heading west instead of south We ended up going through artesia now I've known some guys who lived there and worked in the oil fields there, but I'd never seen it In person Artesia New Mexico unlike any place I've ever seen in my life it's probably in the top two and I'm gonna say it's probably number one on my list as far as ugliest scenery I've ever seen Artesia New Mexico is the heart of oil in the United States As far as you could see about every I don't know 100 square feet there's an oil rig. As far as you could see it's nothing but power lines and oil rigs. I cannot believe that there is so much oil there that they need that many rigs to pump it out. And on top of that only about I'm going to say a tenth of them were actually working because I guess when the price of oil goes up, they pump. When the price of oil goes down, they don't. No sense wasting electricity on a pump when it's not going to make any money. And so all of these rigs were there just in case. And it was, I couldn't believe it. It was just. I can't believe somebody would do that to their land. But I guess if it pays enough, you're going to do it. But we went through Artesia. We went through um, southwest New Mexico, southeast New Mexico, headed towards the mountains. And the sun started going down. Beautiful sunset. Uh, We stopped and ate some really good Mexican food. Um... And that may have been in Artesia I can't remember Uh, but we had about 180 miles to go is what they said because we wanted to get up into the elevations where we could find a place to camp where it wouldn't be so hot so we head west Um, we get to a big humongous sign that says masks are required that ended up being a big deal later but we didn't think about it at the end. Um, everybody from Oklahoma and Arkansas, they're like, eh. And personally, I had taken a mask, but at the time I couldn't find it. So I was, I was going to have to dig it out before we stopped anywhere and and had to buy supplies or whatever. But we, we head up into the mountains, get into some winding roads, two lane roads, and finally hit dirt at Weed, New Mexico. What a name. I don't know where Weed, New Mexico got its name from. I'm going to have to look that up because that's interesting to me. Weed, W E E D, New Mexico. Go across some cattle guards, go up, start climbing in the elevation, and it wasn't 10 minutes on this dirt road before we find a place, a large open spot. Where all of us could fit, and we just pull off and say, "This will do." Everybody was tired, worn out. We'd driven probably four or five hundred miles that day. That was my third day in a row for a five hundred mile plus day, and I was wore out. I was ready to stop. This spot'll work, you know. It's dark. We can't see anything anyway. There's no sense in us going any further. Let's just stop here. So everybody found him a spot. It was kind of a chaotic moment nobody really cared where they stopped just kind of find a semi-level place get out pop your stuff up and that's what we did so I get out pop the eye camper up I had just installed the week before we went to West Virginia I had just installed my new rhino rack platform i was very excited about this my previous rack was a home built out of steel and this new rhino rack platform was going to shave off probably about 50 pounds off my top and with the fj i didn't want to be top heavy and so shaving that much weight off the top i was very excited uh make my gas mileage go up Um, i got a wind jam thing a wind deflector which would help send it over the eye camper and i was really enjoying how this thing was performing uh first time i ever i'd ever been on the road with it and i was very pleased at how it was doing and so get there pop the eye camper up go to put my ladder on in the ladder attachments will not let the ladder attach because they're it sucks down too deep. The eye camper sucks down too deep on the runner. So here I am over a thousand miles away from home. Limited tools. With no way to attach my ladder to my tent. Now I have the iCamper 2X, which is made different from the 2.0 and the Mini. Where, when in the 2.0 and the Mini, when you open it up, it has a part that folds out and the ladder is already attached. The 2X just pops up the ladder is not attached there's not a part that folds out and the ladder sits up against the edge of the vehicle and it's long from front to back instead of long side to side so it's made a little bit different than the other two I didn't know this when I bought it that that's how it was going to be but I like it I like the way that it's set up Um, I like Being able to uh, look at my vehicle front to back, see if it's level, adjust, and pop it up, get up here and sleep. But here I was, over a thousand miles away from home, ladder won't attach. And so I just propped the ladder up against the side of my vehicle, crawled up in there, and went to sleep, and laid there thinking, I've got to go all week. Without this thing working. I just thought and thought and thought and thought and thought. And trying to figure out what I could do. Now, one of the guys that had driven the other Ford Raptor. Come to find out this was like his only, only like his second time to ever go camping. He was not a camping guy. He was not an outside guy. But the week before, they had went camping, really enjoyed it. And decided to go on this trip. His wife stayed home. Just him and his two boys, I think. And they get out their tent. And here we are in the middle of the night. People get lights out. Start helping them try to set up. And he can't even find all the poles to his tent. And so Michael, with all over Overland, decides to get out his gazelle tent and within one minute that thing is popped up and ready to go i mean it's it's so quick so easy and he ended up loaning it to this guy and his boys for that night so they could stay in because it was already getting late everybody was tired and they just needed somewhere to sleep and so he said let's do this we'll figure yours out tomorrow we'll figure out what to do And then Michael stayed with Lee in the Opens. So everybody um, conversated a little bit. Couldn't have a fireside chat because there was no fires allowed. Not even charcoal allowed. Uh, We were told that it was because with the COVID, they didn't want the chance of the first responders having to respond to a fire in the forest. Because they were so. um u- They were using all of their time. To transport sick people to the hospital. For, for COVID. So. No fires. No charcoal. And that was it. So. We all decided. Can't have a fire. We'll just go to bed. So. I got up in my camper. And. Thought about my ladder. Thought, I can't believe I didn't test my ladder to see if it would work. That's a major oops on my part. But I'll make it work. I'll figure something out. It's not going to be that big of a deal. So I doze off to sleep. And here comes the wind. Let me tell you, I've never heard wind like this ever in my life. It The closest I can tell you was it sounded like a freight train. You could hear it coming before you felt it. I mean, it would just be a whoosh right down through this valley that we were in. And you could hear it coming, and then you could feel it in your tent, and then you could hear it go away. It was almost like the ghosts on the old ghost stories. How you could hear them coming, and then hear them leave it was very eerie but it was kind of cool at the same time because I had never heard anything quite like that the weather that night was really nice we were about 6,000 feet it got really cool I actually got pretty chilly Uh, I didn't have a blanket all I had was a sleeping bag and I was pretty chilly. Um, but slept well. Got up the next morning. The next morning was absolutely perfect. The sun was shining. It got warm. But it got hot. Um, everybody got out stuff to cook for breakfast. People were taking pictures of where we are. Seeing how beautiful it was. The little Almost like a canyon that we were in right beside the main road. No traffic whatsoever on this road. We are the only ones there. And cooking breakfast, having coffee. Visiting, walking around, meeting new people. Hey, I'm Joey, what's your name? And looking at rigs, looking at equipment, looking at gear. And it was just a very pleasurable time meeting new people, seeing all the rigs, talking about what they have done to build their rigs, to live this kind of lifestyle, and sharing with others about mine and my philosophy on how I live my life. It was heaven. It It was surreal. Here I am with people I don't know, but we all share the same desire to live this lifestyle. And so we have something in common, which makes it easy to meet and talk to people. Now, over the next few days was um, a true experience Some decisions I had to make, um, some hard decisions, but at this point, I was just glad to be there. I was very excited about who I was with, where I was with, uh, where we were, sorry, and where we were going. I had seen a lot of information on this Enchanted Rockies Trail. And I was very excited to see why it was becoming so popular so fast and to see it for myself and take it all in and experience it like others had done before me. That was not a great day, but it ended well. The next few days, the further we went, the better it got. And if I knew where we were going, I would have been even more excited than what I was. I had developed a great relationship in a short amount of time with Michael and Lee. And really looked forward to getting to know the other guys and spending time with them. Thank you for joining me today, the Overland Philosopher. Please check out my Facebook page, my Instagram page. Check out the Adventures of the Professor on Facebook, Joey the Professor on Instagram. Thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to be able to get to speak to you, and it gets things off my chest. and helps me reminisce about great times in my life thank you again remember use your time wisely because we're not ever guaranteed time get out there and see the outdoors see something cool go places you've never been do things you've never done because we may not live to see tomorrow professor out Thank you for joining me and tune in next time for a new edition of the Overland Philosopher Podcast. Have a great day.